0: yo and hello welcome back to podcast free roscoe i'm sammy and i'm jody we're wondering do you remember radio free roscoe we do we made a podcast and this is it so today we're talking about episode 12 of radio free roscoe call of the cougar yes
1: yeah, so call of the cougar first aired october 10th 2003 it was directed by david warry smith and written by doug McGrub, who we've both seen previous credits for in the show yes it features guest appearances from James Doria as Steve Carter. Uh, this is one of three acting credits on his IMDb page. Uh, another one of them is from this year, Cherry yes. Picker, starring Canada's sweetheart Colin Mockery.
0: Yeah, that I, I took a look at the page for that. It sounds insane. Four adorable little girls plot to brutally murder a hockey player after they mistake an act of lovemaking as an attack on their mom. <laughs>
1: sick yeah what what a fun little treat so he plays physiotherapist in that <laughs> the the seminal character yes um but you can also find some info about him on the comedy coop website yeah for um i guess the series golden bros yeah so uh the premise for that says the golden bros make an attempt at creating a commercial for their family-owned restaurant golden star hamburgers
0: I can't tell. It's Golden Star Hamburger an actual restaurant? It is. And James Doria is actually a he's, manager he's at the restaurant. He's the restaurant, restaurant manager yeah, for it. So yeah. He's just made a comedy series at his restaurant.
1: Yeah. um, He's got a little bio on their webpage. So it says, from Concord, Ontario, James Doria has been writing and acting since 2002. After high school, James was admitted to Ryerson Theater School and later the conservatory program at Second City. With his love for comedy, James continues to pursue many acting and writing projects while working at his father's burger joint, Golden Star. Played Steve Carter in Radio Free Roscoe. Yes. Like, deadass says it at the end of his bio. I
0: love that. Like, yeah, that's his big claim to fame. It's so good. Yeah, I, I found his, his Instagram is one of the first things that comes up. And yeah. it's just very wholesome. It's just full of pictures of his family and his cat and It's stuff.
1: just him goofing around with his kids. It's very yeah. sweet. So thank you, James Doria. Thank you, James.
0: So wholesome compared to he su- his character is such an asshole
1: in this yeah. episode. Yeah. He seems like a wholesome fella. This is also like a good 15 years ago. <laughs> That's true. Also featuring Manny Nasri as Crunch the Cougar. Their mascot's name is Crunch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I-, I did a bit of digging on Manny Nasri. Um, he put out his first feature film, I think a couple years ago, mm. and I get major... Tommy Wiseau, Neil Breen vibes from it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll also just share, if you go on his IMDb page, he has a gigantic biography that he wrote himself, which is kind oh. of amazing. But my uh, my part that I really wanted to share is he has a personal quotes section. Uh, here's, here's one of the quotes. Uh, this is a personal quote from Manny Nasri. Three temptations torture people. Sexual desire, pride, and lust for wealth. All the misfortunes of mankind come from these three cravings. Without them, people would live in happiness but how can we get rid of these terrible illnesses work on yourself and improve yourself this
1: is the answer start the improvement of this world from within there's some wisdom from i'm I'm always (laughs) quoting manny i'm always saying that to people you you know my boy always says
0: oh yes so those are our two uh, guest stars for this episode
1: so i was listening to radiohead subterranean homesick alien and i remembered this time when i was in new york and i listened to it on top of the empire state building It captured the perfect moment. So we start the episode in the radio station with truly a wild conversation all around. Yeah. The gang is talking about the songs that would be on the soundtrack of their life and kind of talking about very meaningful songs for particular points in their life. Robbie is talking about this, like, spiritual experience he had listening to Radiohead on the top of the Empire State Building. So every 15- 14-year-old boy's dream. Yes. Like, assuming that this happened, like, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Every 12-year-old boy's dream. That's, that's a big impact for, like, a 12-year-old to take away. Being like, I was on top of the world. I was looking down on a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's a... It's just a big scene. And then my mom called me. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I was, like, 14, I was listening to, what, Don't Trust Me by 303? <laughs> like, very different music experience.
0: Yeah, that was my definitely, I was in the, th- the, the thick of my MyCam years, for sure. Yeah, that
1: was, like, prime all-time low-time, yeah. where you're just misunderstood. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so Robbie's got a lot of clarity on his life. We've got... Ray predictably coming in and joking about spitting on people from the top of the Empire State Building, and then Travis joins in. Oh wait, we can't we can't skip out the fact that Ray says he made out to the Bare Naked Ladies, <laughs> which Ray, a is, is, is wild. <laughs> yeah, Ray
0: says his like makeout, her first makeout song was in the car by Bare Naked Ladies, which is just. That is not an artist I would consider. <laughs> I would mm. align with Romantic Times, mm. the dulcet tones of Stephen Page.
1: Mm, shoebox. <laughs>
0: <laughs> show me your shoebox of flies. <laughs> uh, truly, that's a that's a cancon moment right there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fun little ref. I do like when they have these moments where they they just talk about other artists on yeah, the show. Yeah, that's like, cool. Especially like throughout this episode and and throughout a lot of them just them plugging the names of like actual bands in the show where it's like it's not even you know cool to have reference to Canadian artists but to have Mm -hmm. them like actually diegetically in the show yeah like talked about and kind of promoted in that way it's very cool I'll always associate my first time in a sensory deprivation tank with Yokoyama's dream of Moonflowers." I think you've been in the tank too long pod boy
0: oh Travis good
1: god what I mean when you're a Tween-age spy, I guess it's part of your training. I, I love that, like, they can't give Travis any normal experiences. No. They're like, what's what's a weird thing for a 14-year-old to have done? Be in a sensory deprivation tank, which, if you're under 16, I don't think you can do without a parent. So, like, you're just chilling with your parent <laughs> in this, like, dark, wet tank. Well, they are very Euro, after all. Oh, yes. There's no rules. <laughs> There's no rules. What, you guys never, uh... Ever have been to a sensory deprivation tank party. <laughs> He's living large in his own personal party barge, and that barge is a sensory deprivation tank with his parents. <laughs> it's very Euro. So, what song takes you back? Well, I'm uh, I'm looking in the other direction. I've just made a mix CD for things that are going to happen. I remember we both had a phase where we made mix CDs. Oh yeah. What were like some of the tracks on yours? oh lord well I wish I still had them yeah I
0: I don't know why but you know every now and then like you go through a cleaning phase and you throw stuff out and then years later like why did I throw that out I do have the cover art for them though oh
1: nice did like
0: all every mix cd would have like some anime girl on it that I drew and in pencil crayons I
1: I very much copied you in doing that because I thought it was cool (laughs) I I am the coolest don't ever doubt it (laughs) um my mix cds
0: that's a good question I feel like I had a couple evanescent songs on there. I had a I had a Kelly Clarkson song on there. I think it was behind these hazel eyes because like, yeah. I have hazel eyes.
1: Nobody like everybody talks about since you've been gone. Nobody talks about behind these hazel eyes. Oh my eyes. gosh, it slaps so, much so hard in that
0: song. Mm. But I also had stuff like the Can't Fight the Moonlight remix. Yep. Any, any, basically anything I would listen to off of Sailor Moon AMVs. I also had a lot of like Inuyasha songs. Oh. Because they had like so many theme- opening theme songs. So I had like a few of them. Right. On, like it was, oh man. It just makes me wish I still had them because it was this weird mishmash of J pop and songs from video games and like one or two popular songs that I liked here and there. All from LimeWire. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was all LimeWire, <laughs> Bear Share times. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I think mine were all songs that I'd basically gotten from watching TV and movies. It would be like an individual song. So like Michelle Branch was my favorite artist when I was a kid yes. because everywhere was featured in an episode of Lizzie McGuire and when <laughs> I was the first that heard it. Yeah. Yes, The Boy with the Pudding. Yeah. Um so mine was like Everywhere by Michelle Branch. Um I think I had the like Ella enchanted version of Dunko Breaking My Heart. Of course. Um, I definitely had a couple of true songs because of this show, <gasps> yes! because of RFR.
0: Yep, not um, ready to go. I think I remember finding some Reverie
1: Sound Review songs again yeah, because of this show. Yeah, I probably had One Marathon on there. Yeah. That's What Girls Do from the Powerpuff yes! Girls movie. Yeah. Uh, Us Against the World from Atomic Liz McGuire. Kitten. Yeah. One Girl Revolution from Cadet Kelly. I like, think I had a bunch of those too. Like it was very much like what song was featured in a decom that mm-hmm. I can pull out and listen to forever. Oh, I remember one of my big songs was like
0: Boston's One in a Million, the one that plays in Miscongeniality. Oh my. One God. in a
1: million once in a, a lifetime. lifetime. Yeah i forgot about that I until right now that, that was definitely song. on mine as well it yeah, was a heavy rotation song when i was 12 13. um the the tide is high the version from liz mcguire mm, yeah, yeah yeah a lot of liz mcguire lots Let's of liz mcguire some good content man
0: we should get back into like mix cds
1: well yeah and like i like the thought of like making things for each other yeah and like you can do that with playlists nowadays but there's something about the physical cd and kind of the surprise of it when you can't see the track listing that's so true and having it very much curated to be played in that specific order yeah is is a cool feeling And you can add like art to it and stuff like that that was my my first anniversary with my
0: partner i made him a mix (laughs) CD. still have it somewhere
1: it's cute i'm intrigued why don't you play us a song off it okay um well here's a new song by paper moon This is kind of in the same vein of, of the mixtape conversation, but what songs are on the soundtrack of your life, Sammy? Mm. Like, what are some particular songs that bring you back to a specific moment or that you associate with, like, a major thing in your life?
0: Well, since we were just talking about it, Hel- um, Helena by My Chemical Romance.
1: Of course. That was, like, a big moment the first time I ever heard that song, and I was just like, oh, my heart. Yeah. I-, I think I have less songs that are associated with big moments in my life, like i never had like a relationship song so Mm -hmm. it's like i don't associate like a song with like my first kiss or my Mm -hmm. first relationship or anything but there are some songs where when i hear them it brings me back to a specific moment in my life and i was trying to think of one and like the first one that i thought of was um uncle albert admiral admiral housey by paul mccartney oh because of our first road trip trip. when we were kids we were sitting in the back of our van and that was playing in the car. And I remember the hands across the water section, you had one of your beanie babies and you were making a dance to yeah. the song. And every time I hear that song, it's instantly like I'm back in that car. I um, I can't hear Take Me to Church without thinking of my first job because my first job was in a cafe. Yeah. And that song, every shift that I work would play at least four times. Like... Every single day, I just heard it constantly over and over again. So anytime... And it's a beautiful song, but it just brings me back to, like, my shitty first job Uh, working in food services. You know, I have a few songs like that, too.
0: Like, there's that one there's that one was it ushers like something's in love again. oh yeah 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 that makes me think of uh working uh one of my first jobs at a halloween like a seasonal halloween oh store, yeah because we were totally listening to one of those radio stations that played like the same five top hits over and over again yeah
1: i i like not a specific song but i associate basically the entire last five years soundtrack with like a major breakup in my life because oh. the first song in that soundtrack is still hurting which, like, for musical theater people is, like, a very, um, I guess, like, overdone female audition piece. Because it's just, like, the main character singing about how she's still hurting from this relationship. And I'm like, oh, that's me. I'm hurting. Aw, Tony. So, like, I love the soundtrack. But every now and then I'll listen to it and be like, yeah, I, <laughs> I really felt this. <laughs> yeah. After, after that time. Moo, Lily. That's me and you. Best of both
0: So we follow the crew to Mickey's now. And Ray's trying to sort of go over in his mind ways to
1: approach Lily because he still isn't doing anything about it. Yeah, he's trying to hype himself up. And then in the middle of him doing it, we realize that Travis is behind him at Mickey's sitting cross-legged under the record stand.
0: Oh, man.
1: You know the best part about yoga? You can do it anywhere. Were you sent to this planet to annoy me? It would be so dusty under there, I feel like. Yeah, I, that's not a calm place where you want to practice that No That's musty It's musty Okay, I, I kind of like this guy a little A little? Okay, I'm crazy about him, are you happy? So after that Ray and Travis interaction, we see Robbie and Lily talking And Lily reveals that she's got this major crush on a boy And that's the person that she's been kind of curating this this mixed CD for Yeah Um, And as she leaves, Robbie looks at the CD and he sees that it's labeled Songs for Question Mark which he takes very much as being yeah. for him. It's kind of a reach, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> but then back at Roscoe High. Here's the forecast for tomorrow night's Cougar-Eagle game.
0: Eagles are going down! Oh
1: man, what a rivalry. There's nothing like a McGrath. This is a war. Oh boy, a war. <laughs> he's so starky yeah oh boy a war
0: yeah i feel like just a gif of that just sums up
1: the (laughs) current state of the day oh Oh, boy a war it it made me laugh when i was rewatching the first time made me laugh now um (laughs) so at the high school uh we see that the cougars have like a big game coming up everybody's in the kind of like school spirit kind of sports 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 mode yeah except Um, for of course travis we see a sign in the cafeteria that says fight win (laughs) oh i'm so glad jody's the one to call on for the signs (laughs) and the posters
0: So very good. You know Barney Oscarson is pissed off somewhere.
1: (laughs) Whoa, 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 strong. You're not a big Cougars fan. That's a surprise. Ray, don't you understand that this us versus them mentality is like the root cause for every major problem in the world? So Travis is very much making himself a target for the jocks by very much not being into the school spirit, sports go sports mentality.
0: Yeah, we we meet, uh, we get our first glimpse of Steve Carter, a.k.a. our current wholesome restaurant manager as this douchey jock guy who ray like clicks with but he gives travis a bit of a look when travis is saying all this propaganda is sad
1: it's such a game swami don't call me swami (laughs) swami his voice goes so low (laughs) don't call me swami Oh my gosh. Hey look, it's Crunch! Crunch! Crunch!
0: Crunch! Crunch! crunch. So, Crunch the Cougar comes out in like the whole mascot suit and it definitely makes me think of like that story of how Jennifer Lawrence's first role (laughs) was in Monk. I thought of that too! Because I think
1: this is like the same suit. It looks like (laughs) it. (laughs) Jennifer Lawrence has been in this suit. (laughs) Attention Cougars! I know that you're all excited that we're going to win on Friday. Waller's back. Waller, yeah. So Waller gives this kind of team spirit speech from his office. He says he'll see everybody at the pep rally because it's mandatory. Oh man! And behind him, he's got like his degrees, like diplomas, like I assume, and then just a blue painting of an eyeball.
0: I feel like, is this like his big brother is watching you
1: moment? Like, is that the secret Waller society that keeps surveillance on the school? Waller's third eye. Uh, We're going to pulverize it at the game. It'll work the cougar loyalists into a frenzy. Plus, uh, it'll make it us appear more manly <clears throat> to the girls.
0: Ed and Ted are back. Oh. Oh, we've missed our Ed and Ted boys. And in the next scene, they come rolling in with a basically sort of like almost like a Maybe it's paper mache. We don't know. And basically, an eagle that they've constructed—that is the mascot of the rival school
1: team. Nothing a girl loves more than kicking the head off of an eagle. <laughs> they just really want those girls that hate birds. Oh, here we go. Yes. Those are what I call fans. You know that fan is derived from the word fanatic. You know the word Travis is derived from the word banjo head. Banjo head. <laughs> Who comes up with this? Hey, freak show. The name is Travis. Strong Steve Carter comes up, and we get just the most insane interaction <laughs> between two people. This is the dumbest fight that I've ever oh, seen. It's so great! Yeah, so he calls him Freak Show, and Travis goes, The name's Travis strong so strong travis so So strong strong. (laughs) like what what a stance like he's really confident in using that name he's such a small boy i know my first name and my last name (laughs) (laughs) but then jock boy is like you're gonna do the hand jive or I'll make you do it. Which is such a funny visual. I'm just picturing him taking Travis's hands <laughs> and making him like do this little like, handshake. What What kind of high school bully? Yeah. <laughs> like any other god. situation is like you're gonna do my homework. Yeah. Or you're gonna give me your lunch money or whatever. <laughs> no, you're gonna do the hand jive. You're gonna have some fucking school spirit kid. <laughs> my god. Travis refuses to bend to the pressure. Him and Steve push each other a little bit. I'm not doing any hand jive.
0: Don't make me hurt you.
1: Travis goes into kind of like arms up stance yes. and goes, "Don't, Don't make me, me, me hurt you." <laughs> oh, it's so much. It's so funny. Yes. I I cannot handle. I'm gonna make you do a hand jive I as know. a threat. I know. Oh, 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 oh! Hey, come on now, come on now, break it up. What's going on here? He's Andy cougar spirit, Mr. Waller Garter. Keep your nose clean stop doing coke
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the scene concludes with waller kind of separating the two and as steve carter is leaving he tells ray to meet him at the east hall later on to prove he's a cougar and then we cut
1: to far i'd like to enlighten our listeners on what it means to be a cougar
0: it's not a cat. <laughs> it's not that? a real cat.
1: <laughs> it means having pride in where you're from. Well, I'm not from Roscoe. Well, then I guess you can't know what it means to belong.
0: What a giveaway, Travis. <laughs> I know.
1: That's what I have in my notes. I'm like, Travis is making it so obvious. Yeah, Like, thinly veiled
0: my ass. Oh, my gosh. And then Ray just kind of leaves. He's like, I got to be somewhere. He yeah. just leaves in the middle of the broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> and then we cut back to him at school. I love this little moment Ray approaches Steve Carter and his and his friend kind of in the background and they have this weird sort of almost football toss initiation <laughs> like Steve tosses the football to Ray Ray tosses his back Steve tosses it to his friend behind him it's like
1: this weird sort of secret code yeah to, okay you passed the football <laughs> yes you can, you can continue what's the password it's football Football. <laughs> I like you Brendan you make me laugh I just want to give you a chance to prove yourself the cougar costume's in locker 29. All you gotta do is hide in the storage room. There's a spare key above the door.
0: Basically, after the little football initiation moment, Steve reveals that they want uh, Ray to steal the cougar costume and hide it away so that everyone will think the rival school took the mascot costume and will rile up the fans. You know, it's, it's nothing new that Ray wants to be popular and wants yeah. the cool guys to like him. And Steve's all like, you know, I like you. You make me laugh. Go do this stupid thing for me and ray's like okay and we cut back to our far again
1: where robbie and travis are hanging out and chatting i think lily likes me i mean like likes me interesting he says
0: he's not surprised because robbie's like nice and smart and he flosses regularly (laughs) you've been studying his dental (laughs) records travis
1: (laughs) How, uh, how can you confirm that Part of me, though, wanted him because I like immediately in this scene was thinking back to Lily in Crush Me when Ray is kind of giving the same like there's no reason why he wouldn't like you kind of speech. Yeah. He says she's hotter than hot coals. (laughs) Like I want Travis to just tell Robbie he's hotter hotter than hot hot coals. coals. The between of your teeth are hotter than hot coals. (laughs) Plus regularly. Mm, Cold teeth. Mm, Cold teeth. I mean, charcoal toothpaste is a thing. Colgate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we get this nice little moment where Travis kind of advises Robbie not to worry too much about it for now, because Robbie—it's funny—he's very on the fence a- a- about whether he or not he likes Lily as more than a friend. And he's like, "Yeah, but what about Ray?" <laughs> <laughs> and so Travis is like, "You yeah, know, don't worry about it. Yeah, it'll all be fine." Yeah. And then we cut back to Ray having stolen the cougar costume,
1: which you know I feel like somebody would have seen, <laughs> but. <laughs> They don't, somehow. He jumps up to get the hidden key, and he, like, kind of shouts down the hallway as if, like, there's spectators for him to, like, cheer him on yeah. in, like, doing this big thing. Which, it's not subtle. No. It's not good when you're trying to sneak around. Yeah. But I then- stole this thing! Look at me! <laughs> Look, I did it! <laughs> I did it! Off- I stole the thing! Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before he gets the chance to actually hide the suit, Waller comes down the hallway, and for the second time, we get these, like... Waller post school like pump yes. up speeches. Daniel Waller burning bright. Who's the principal? You got that right. I love it. Oh man, Waller's so good. Amazing. I I want to make like a motivational track out of all of the Waller things. <gasps> That's such a good idea. <laughs> oh, it's it's so good. Um, but they have this kind of like moment of raping like school spirit. Go Cougars and uh. What, what is it that that Waller says? He says,
0: like, man-to-man, man, they might beat us, but nobody can beat us when it comes to the fast break or something like that. And Ray points out that fast break is basketball.
1: <laughs> and Waller's already walking away, and he just kind of, like, turns and, like, there's this, like, weird, like, pointed little, like, smile. He's like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, yeah, walking away. I, I love it so much. It's uh, such a funny visual. So we leave Ray just narrowly missing being caught in this heist he's pulling off while Robbie is kind of having his own moral dilemma of what to do about Lily
0: and that takes us to our con commercial break for today and today we're talking about Ned Snoot
1: my god he got
0: it was all Yeah, the the Ned's Newt theme song is is wonderful. Ned's Newt is a Canadian-German animated series created by Andy Knight and Mike Burgess, co-produced by Nelvana and TMO Film GmbH in conjunction with Studio B Productions. The series aired on Teletoon from 1997 to 1999. Oh, wow. In the United States, the program aired on Fox Kids.
1: I didn't realize it was a 90s show.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So the series begins with Ned, Who's a balding child? He's like bald with two little like hairs. He's like got Charlie
1: Brown or Caillou's <laughs> disease. <laughs> I got that Caillou disease.
0: <laughs> and he's he's been dreaming of having an exotic pet, and he scrapes together enough money to go to buy a pet at the pet store. Buy enough money, he has like a buck sixty-five. So the pet uh, the pet store owner sells him this little blue newt that doesn't really do much. So Ned's like, oh, this sucks. And he goes back to the pet store and he's like, hey, this newt doesn't do anything. <laughs> so the pet store owner gives Ned a can of Zippo newt food, but warrants not to feed the newt Newton too much. Um, so Ned feeds Newton a little bit of food, doesn't really do anything. So he just kind of leaves the can there. And then Newton ends up devouring the can of food. And then he transforms into this giant blue version of himself <laughs> who is constantly like doing different like celebrity impressions and causing hijinks and just making a mess of things and he always sort of conveniently turns back into tiny newt form so he's just the genie from aladdin (laughs) yeah we're gonna get to that actually oh boy (laughs) but yeah not to dunk on ned's newt too much but i feel like it falls into that category of theme songs where the theme song is the most memorable thing about the cartoon
1: (laughs) i i want to kind of take that as a euphemism and just work into daily conversation. I mean, like, not to dunk on Ned's newt, but...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Newton is voiced by Harlan Williams, who's kind of this Canadian comedian who played a lot of small parts in different 90s comedies like Dumb and Dumber and There's Something About Mary. He played like familiar. a state trooper, things like that. Um, He still does a lot of voice work. The one role that stood out to me personally was he played Carl the Robot in Meet the Robinsons. Oh! And it's funny, once you start listening to him in Ned's Newt, you can really, you can really hear it. Here's a little gem from the Wikipedia regarding information about Ned's Newt. Um, I love when you, you get weird niche information like this sometimes. In Season 3, Episode 8, Newton proclaims that he is a member of the genus Triturus, which are crested or marbled newts native to Europe. Newton also mentions the species name Vittercensus, which is not a catalogued member of the genus. Who the fuck took the time? Like I love the idea that like some sort of like newt enthusiast really just latched onto the show and needed to like check the the facts for it. It's like that one time we were watching like we were watching some. I feel like you and I were watching some crappy Netflix animated show about horses or something like that. And then like looking at the reviews, they were like they did not saddle the horses properly. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember that. Those are my those are my favorites. They're very good. Yes. Yeah, basically, Ned's Newt were the, was this episodic show about the chaotic adventures of Ned and Newton, like Ned navigating school, having a giant crush on his neighbor, Linda, um, you know, trying to hide Newton from his parents, all that sort of hijinks. Throughout every episode, Newton would be rapidly transforming between different like characters or character impressions. Like you had stuff like in the first episode alone you have the flintstones you have rocky
1: tough day at the office netty boy
0: what happened no let me guess some bully did this to you no so yeah you have harlan williams playing newton doing all these impressions but that wasn't actually the original concept for the show I ended up finding one of my favorite websites on the whole internet is the Lost Media Wiki mm-hmm. which finds all sorts of weird lost obscure stuff and they found um, recently I think like last year they found um, the pilot episode of the Nelvana series oh and basically on February 23rd 2010 Steve Shiner The Canadian writer, producer, and director who worked at Nelvana during the mid-90s posted an entry on his blog revealing that he loved the pilot but was disappointed that the final series never lived up to the potential of it. This is what Steve had to say, and this is from Lost Media Wiki. Here's the opening from Ned's Newt, which was developed and produced at Nelvana during my tenure there. The show came from an animation done by Andy Knight and Mike Bridges for Red Rover Productions Limited in Toronto. Before I go any further, I want to say that I loved this pilot and I still do. It's great. It's hilarious. It tells you everything you need to know about the show. And that's the problem. It's too damned good. The series couldn't live up to the promise of the pilot. First, the audio that is on the show opening is not what was in the pilot film. In the original, whenever the Newt spoke, canned TV and movie dialogue came out of his mouth. He learned to talk by watching TV. It was everything from Wilma Flintstone to John Wayne. Hilarious, but due to rights clearances, they'd never be able to do that on the show. Of course. They settled for an actor doing impersonations, which was okay and practical, but it was about a mile below what they showed in the pilot film. Likewise, the design and quality of the animation was top-notch. Brilliant, but unsustainable on an episodic TV budget. They promised too much. While the series did run a full three seasons in production, in my opinion, it never lived up to the potential of the pilot film. There was nowhere to go but down. Oh. Basically, this pilot episode for Ned's Newt that has been recovered and shared on Vimeo is exactly as Steve says. Every time the Newt opens his mouth, it's just like a canned piece of dialogue from TV or movies. So you can actually watch the pilot? Yeah, it's on Vimeo. Hell yeah. Yeah, and it's it's actually kind of neat. As you're watching it, I kind of clued in that a lot of the the... They used a lot of clips from the pilot to make up the opening theme sequence in the actual series. Yeah. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, it would have been interesting, but as Steve points out, probably kind of impossible to clear all the rights for all of those, uh, for all those clips. Is the animation the same? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it does look a little bit crisper, I guess. I mean, you know, it's, it's tricky when you have to do a run of like, what, 65 episodes or something and you have to produce it fairly cheaply because Nelvana is producing every single animated yes. series in Canada, it seems like. I think we'll we'll just move right along to uh, what's become one of my favorite parts of this segment, which is the reviews. Sadly there isn't a change.org petition <laughs> for Ned's boot. I think most people have forgotten about it. <laughs> but, um I have, I have a couple not-so-good reviews and then a good review. So we'll share the not-so-good ones first. These are from <laughs> TV.com. This review gives Ned Newt a 3 out of 10. It's by Scott Jock from May 19th, 2011. The title of the review is Seems to be based on a total ripoff of Disney's genie character from Aladdin. <laughs> I mean... Think about it. Newton is blue and does everything that the genie can do. Transform himself, transform significant parts of his surroundings, and even to a certain extent, sounds like the genie as well. Personally, Newton even acts like the genie, and that's not a good thing. In fact, Newton is even worse because he is far more annoying and much stupider than the genie. Oh, Newton is constantly getting Ned into trouble as well apart from that the other characters of the show are so mind-bogglingly stupid it isn't even funny it seems to be made up as it goes along completely random that's all there is to it that's my review The
1: show gets a three from me oh my god that's become my favorite trend yes. in these reviews is people like needing to sign off on yes. their reviews a concluding like, that's sentence.
0: It. this is this is my thesis um that's it <laughs> in conclusion <laughs> yes Here's, here's another great one from tv.com that gave the show 4.9. This is by Uber Ito from May 22nd 2006. The title of the review is, A questionable show that makes you wonder, should it be legal? <laughs> the content repeats the title, so, A questionable show that makes you wonder, should it be legal? I say, why? It's so lame. The animation, voice, and everything are lame. It tries to be funny with references, but no one gets them. <laughs> animation is okay and plots stink when they try to be funny you shake your head most likely you will turn the channel before watching three seconds of the show that is if you can even find it my question is why would you want to find it sorry for the negative approach but this show truly has no value how did the Canadian show even last 20 episodes
1: ouch <laughs> I'm question mark and I'm wondering why would you want to find Ned's nude? <laughs>
0: uh and then here's the last review this is from imdb best show about a six foot newt this is by know-it-all and it was,
1: <laughs> well, it was where's done.
0: the competition i know <laughs> this is posted on april 2nd 2001 There had never been a better show about a giant six-foot newt harassing a big-eared child. (laughs) And that speaks volumes. (laughs) Ned's Newt is one of those shows he never read about in the paper, but it's still one of the best animated television shows out there. Ned is cute and all. He really is, but he doesn't hold a candle to the real star of the show, Newton the Newt. This little purple entity can become hilariously funny once fed Zippo. And when that thing grows, there will be no end to the wordplay and the pop culture jokes. It's like seeing the mask meet Ren and Stimpy only much, much better. Oh. So if you're looking for a laugh, look no further. It's not just an animated show. It's fun for kids and adults alike, only in different ways. The kids will enjoy the fast-paced animation and this lapstick humor, while the adults will find references to Shakespeare and Bill Gates' spleen-rupturing hilarious. See it. Have you ever th- <laughs> laughed at something and then thought to yourself, "Boy, that is spleen rupturing
1: hilarious." No, I've I've laughed and thought to myself this would rupture Bill Gates' spleen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, see it.
0: Uh and I'm going I'm going to take the lazy way out with a Sailor Moon connection here to RFR. Uh Ned was actually voiced by Tracy Moore, who oh. was the voice of Sailor Moon for the first half of the first season yeah. of Sailor Moon. And of course, Sailor Moon, Tracy Hoyt, Miss Mitchell. You get the picture. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's Ned's Newt. Wow.
1: Yeah, I remember that was one that we watched. But yeah, I just very vaguely remembered the art style. Could not tell you the plot of any episode. No. I mean, and fair, you know, if it aired in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. I was like, too.
0: And there's not much plot to it.
1: I yeah. remember talking about it with friends at school
0: when I was like eight I just one friend who really liked to watch it and so we'd talk about it. And when I thought about it, I'm realizing, boy, I pretend to like things that guys I liked like the time. Yeah. The the worst example was a few years ago I pretended to like the Big Bang Theory for a guy.
1: Oh, I remember that.
0: Yeah, that was bad.
1: You you brought the DVDs home and we all watched them as a family and it (sighs) sucks. So sorry
0: (laughs) I put you through that.
1: I read um I read Watchmen for a guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow most of it
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> at least Watchmen's better
0: than the big bang theory yeah
1: yeah like not not a regrettable read no it's just something that i very much like forced myself into reading <laughs> <laughs> the things we do for love the things we do for high school crushes no it's true
0: so that's our cancon commercial break
1: we really should be studying
0: I say we just take a break from all this book learning. (laughs) Back in RFR land, Robbie and
1: Lily are hanging out in Lily's room. And we get um, kind of in the same vein of our look into Ray's room in the previous episode. We get kind of more of a look around Lily's room than we did the last time that we were here. So So I do have some some notes about the posters in her room. So uh, we can see posters for the All American Rejects. Yep. Uh, There's two Sonic Youth posters. That look exactly the same and they're right beside each other. <laughs> I think they're two identical Sonic Youth posters. That's great. Um, there's one for Newfound Glory. There's uh, what looks like two Danko Jones posters stacked on top of each other. And uh, an AFI poster. AFI. So, fun, fun insight into Lily's music taste. I do like the idea that the set
0: decorators had two identical posters, and instead of being like, well, we'll just leave one off. No, we have to have
1: constant posters. Or they could have put them on like two different walls, so like you wouldn't be shooting them both at the same time, but I'm pretty sure they're right beside each other, like (laughs) the same poster.
0: (laughs) That's very good. So yeah, Lily and Robbie are hanging out at Lily's to ostensibly study, but they're just kind of hanging out.
1: But of course, Robbie is reading into everything that Lily does now.
0: Yeah. She's convinced that she has a crush on him um
1: okay well do you want to hear a song from the soundtrack of my love life sure why not uh, best make out song ever
0: Okay, how fucking weird is it to listen to a makeout song just, like, chilling with your best friend?
1: Yeah, like, (laughs) I'm just gonna sit here and close my eyes and think about making out with somebody (laughs) while you sit beside me. Yeah, is that cool? And then we're gonna study. Also, these 14-year-olds have a lot of, like, makeout songs at the ready. Robbie thinks that this is a hint because Lily is... Sitting there with her eyes closed, listening to a makeout song. So weird. So he Don't do that with your friends. He starts to lean in, and then he catches a glimpse of these photo booth posters on Lily's wall. And it's interesting to me that there is so there's a strip that's just Lily, just Ray, Lily and Ray, and then just Travis. There's no photos of Robbie. <laughs> Which is interesting, but also I would give anything to have a copy of the Travis strip of photos because the poses that he's pulling, at one point he just looks like he's asleep. They're they're very fun, you know, like a fun little like piece of prop set deck yes. of you know probably the actors just goofing around and having fun. But the Travis ones are just so good. Oh,
0: he's doing his little like touching his temple. <laughs> yeah, he's thing. like poking
1: his temple, and then in the like third frame of it, it just looks like he's just kind of like asleep, just, yeah, like dead on walk to the wall <laughs> side. That's great. Yeah, but. um... Obviously, the, the pictures of Ray and Lily together throw Robbie off. And he's like, I, I can't do this. I gotta go. What? We haven't done anything. I know. Another time, okay?
0: So Robbie kind of books it out of Lily's room because he's kind of, um, he's all mixed up in the head. And so he leaves. And then we cut back to the cafeteria where Travis is just hanging out under a cafeteria table.
1: Like he's got his microphone out um, that he'd been kind of putting together when him and Robbie were talking in the station and he's just capturing samples of people to add to his soundboard. Yeah. But he's just he's sitting under a cafeteria table as if that's subtle at
0: all. Yeah. And yeah, now everybody knows you're a spy, Travis. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he looks insane. I one of my favorite things is one of the first things we hear is clear as day. We hear somebody say to their friend, hey, Sandy. Which made me immediately think of your John Travolta impression, which you now have to do. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, if if this is what our podcast has turned into, I've got a couple of good impressions. Yes. Um, one of them is uh John Travolta. So here it is. Sandy. That's it. Um, I do have a new one for you. <gasps> um, this is my impression of if Benjamin Button wasn't dazed and confused. Um, here he goes. That's what I like about these high school girls. I get younger, they stay the same age.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. You have to incorporate that into your stand up at some point. That's That's that's
1: the entirety of my next set. Oh, I love it. Books for 10 minutes, I'll do 10 seconds, and then I'll stare at everybody. Yeah. Do seven John Travolta impressions. (laughs) Yes, I just say Sandy eight times a minute.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so good. Yeah, so Travis is picking up all these odd little scraps of conversation and he ends up accidentally overhearing. Oh man, when they find out Crunch is gone,
1: they're going to go nuts.
0: I didn't think you had it in you.
1: Attention students, this is your principal. I have some bad news. So over the school intercom, we've got Waller making the announcement that Crunch has been stolen and we all need to amp up the school spirit. And while he's giving the speech, we get the return of that, like, militia music that we had when he was talking about Cougar Radio. And he's throwing darts at a dartboard that has an eagle head on it. Yeah. (laughs) Which is very interesting imagery. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing this is a Canadian show. So we've got in the cafeteria, again, after Waller's speech, Ed and Ted painting themselves in school colors, half blue, half orange shirtless
0: yes. amping up the crowd oh
1: man ray's looking
0: super conflicted and travis kind of tries to reach out to him and ray brushes him off
1: You don't seem too fired up as usual wise man sees all and loves all no person in this show knows how to sneak around no <laughs> ray is like like his back is entirely tense and his arms are like straight at his sides and he's like hopping on his feet yes (laughs) like he's like doing this weird like dance not even walking in like a straight line down the hallway kind of like just
0: kind of hopping around back and forth yeah race tried to break away from the pep rally crowd to get the crunch cougar back and he's not being surreptitious about it at all no for
1: for having secret identities these kids are awful oh yeah head huh? he gets caught in the hall by ed and ted the hall monitors who oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i f- i fully believe that they were not given these like uniforms they made these themselves <laughs> because they're wearing like those kind of like uh, police chief yeah, like almost brimmed, like a naval officer yeah hat. like naval officer kind of hat and like a sash that says hall monitor and white gloves. Little but, white gloves. But they're shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> in orange and blue paint. It's
0: it's such a look. Oh my God. Like, What, what are the little white gloves for?
1: I, I fully, I don't think this is an actual title. Oh I gosh. think they just made these for themselves and are standing in the hallway and the teachers have tried to stop them and they yes. can't. They're like, fuck, it's Ed and Ted, man. Yeah. We, we can't just let them be. We are your chaperones of the hallway. Then we get um, Travis in uh, the second worst wig that we've seen him in. Yeah, true. Uh, and orange, like half and half orange and blue afro, which like, ooh, customized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this school is is uh, on it when it comes to their sports fan. Yeah. Gear. So he like reports some sort of fake fiasco interference from another team to Ed and Ted to get them off of Ray's case. It's my problem, strong. Plus, I already owe you one.
0: You're keeping score. Haven't I taught you anything?
1: <laughs> You're all right, Swami. Yeah. Haven't I told you? Don't ever, ever call me Swami. Swami in Hinduism is an ascetic or yogi who has been initiated into a religious monastic order. Uh, Ray, Travis is a Buddhist? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Bud. Uncultured. Travis does this almost sort of Vulcan pinch thing on Ray's arm. Yeah, just like squeezes his shoulder and Ray suddenly in agony. Yeah. While Travis goes, Don't call me Swami. <laughs> or he'll kill you.
0: <laughs> and then Ray says, he needs Travis to show him that technique, and Travis says, You're not ready. <laughs> One day you will be recruited. <laughs> and
1: then I will make you do the hand job. <laughs>
0: at the pep rally and it's all these very confusing shots like that I don't know it just feels like they're trying to disguise the fact that they're in a very small room again <laughs> yes I
1: have the exact same feeling and we also get like a weird little interaction so Robbie and Lily are um sitting beside each other and Robbie is like still in this kind of like uh, awkward awkward like kind of asking her out goes to kind of put his arm around her and says so Lily what made you want to be a musician <laughs> which he already, we have established he knows the answer to that. Oh, yeah. Because he's the one who named her Shady Lane, yeah. which was the song that made her want to be a musician. It's true. It's, it's also- just a very weird question for them to pick.
0: Yeah. And such a weird, kind of confused attempt at small talk in the midst of a pep rally.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, what? Well, what yeah. are you doing? Looking for this, Brendan? Had to try to be a hero, didn't you?
0: So Ray and Travis are trying to pull off their heist. Ray gets to the supply closet where he hid Crunch and is trying to find the spare key and Steve Carter beats him to it and he and and football lackey basically kind of muscle him into the pep
1: rally because they've got the keys. But Travis has hidden away in a recycling bin and is there to save the day. Yes. Meanwhile, Robbie's hand creeps over.
0: Oh my gosh. Inching
1: towards Lily's as if to hold it.
0: Ah!
1: And then Ray interrupts the tension,
0: kind of... Sits himself down in between the two. And he reveals to them that he was the one who stole Crunch.
1: Carter put me up to it to get the team fired up.
0: Ray, this is serious. You can get suspended. Yeah, man, you've gone too far. He's decided to do the honorable thing and just confess to Waller. And he kind of hints to his friends that they should talk him out of it. But they don't because they realize how serious this is. So he gets up and leaves to kind of hype himself up to go confess to the principal
1: what he's done. So Robbie scoots over to Lily and Lily says she can't handle this crush anymore. Like, she's got to tell him. And Robbie tries to, to get her to back off of it and says, well, isn't just being friends enough? And she says, friends, I, I just met this guy. And we get the reveal that Lily is into the drummer dude, who is a guy that we've seen in the background of a bunch of scenes in the episode, but yes. don't really notice until this point. Just a kid that always has drumsticks with him and is constantly drumming. And I got to say, his hair is... Is just so before his time. Like, <laughs> this is the early 2000s, and he's got, like, peak 2009, like, Jason Dolly-looking-ass hair. Oh, my gosh. I
0: went to high school with a music kid who looked exactly like Drummer Dude. Oh, my you know, gosh. Like long, blonde, floofy hair. Yes. Looked exactly the same. Was a music guy. It's too funny.
1: You like the Drummer Dude? Yeah,
0: what's are not to like?
1: Well, for starters, he's called the Drummer Dude. Uh, just as Ray goes to confront Waller and let him know that he knows where Crunch is and it was his fault Crunch comes in! The mascot is there and everything's yes. fine.
0: <laughs> Ed and Ted kind of goad him on to destroy their eagle and he Freaking karate kicks the eagle's head off.
1: Roundhouse kicks the head off of this eagle, and then we get my favorite shot. We cut to the kind of audience reaction, and we see this one kid holding a sign that says Cougars, and he's just wide-eyed with his mouth open, just shaking. Like, it doesn't look like he's cheering. He's just, like, shaking. Oh, God. Crunch. So he takes him out in the hallway, takes the head of the mask off, and reveals that it's Travis! It's Travis in the mascot suit! A very wide eyed Travis. Yes. Like
0: his eyes are popping out of his head. Uh very shocked it makes it honestly makes me think of that clip you showed me of the masked singer where they pull the mask <laughs> off of donny osmond
1: <laughs> donny osmond oh it's my favorite if if you can please just go look up the reveal for donny osmond on the masked singer sorry for spoilers if you didn't want to know that donny <laughs> osmond was on the masked singer like two years ago it's very but good it's it's just the fact that the camera zooms in as soon as he takes his mask off and the cannon just shouts, "Danny Asmond. And he's so sweaty. <laughs> he's so sweaty. But yes, this is my favorite mass singer reveal.
0: I have to wonder how Travis got the costume because Steve Carter had the spare key. Yeah, how did he get in there? It was just
1: kill a man skills. Just spy shit. <laughs> spy shit. Just spy shit. I don't know. I don't know. He yoked the door open. <laughs> Just roundhouse kicked the door. He just punched it. Yeah, probably. Just did a little one-inch punch, and the door dis- yes, disintegrated. Yes, he one punched the door. This little stunt's going to cost you. Big time. But I did tell you to get with the program. So congratulations! You're the new mascot!
0: So Waller wants to punish Travis, and he realizes... Probably the best punishment would be to make Travis the mascot.
1: <laughs> and Travis is like, oh god, anything but that.
0: <laughs> it's very good. I now I really want to see Travis in like the mascot costume, like doing yoga and stuff. Oh, <laughs> like, yes. He just changes Crunch's image. <laughs>
1: it's like in the middle of like a major like football game and he's just like sitting cross-legged on the ground meditating. <laughs> yes. I wanna see
0: that. I, I want to see it. Travis Crunch.
1: I love it. So back at RFR that day. We get an update on Lily's date with the drummer dude, and we find out that the drumming got really old really fast. Yeah, I kind of wonder how she was attracted to that in the first place, because I feel like it's just annoying. (laughs) Yeah, like, he's just, he had drumsticks with him and every, like, little bit of background that we saw.
0: Yeah. Like, Why? I want to date that guy. <laughs> Why haven't the teachers taken away his drumsticks? That's true. Actually, I have a new song on my soundtrack. One that really captures the moment. Here is Scorched Toast. Blue and
1: orange, burning bright. Cougars, cougars, hot, hot. Travis plugs a song by Scorched Toast, who was mentioned in one of the first episodes yeah. as being Roscoe's ska band. And boy, so we've they got ever. this like, in-universe... OG, like, Ska band that they've brought back and, like, made an actual, like, Cougar anthem for. Like, it's it's incredible. It's incredible, yeah. like, that, like, little bit of detail.
0: Oh, I love it. Yeah. So we know Roscoe's main exports are megaphones and Ska music.
1: <laughs> There's so much Ska in the soundtrack, and now it's, like, in the universe as well. Like, this, like, fictional Ska band that they yes. made. Yes, scorched toast. It's amazing. But as the song is playing... All of the guys start drumming, like yeah, kind of doing little drummer dude impressions, fake drumming just to to bug Lily. And it's it's so good. There's gonna be so many gifs of yeah. just these boys drumming because they're it's it's a fun little bit. Travis um, pulls out his bongos. Yeah, again. Travis pulls just has bongos in his booth and plays his bongos at one point, and Lily just goes, "That's eh, true. Boys mature slower than girls, and boys be boys, <laughs>
0: boys will be boys." So that's episode twelve of RFR. It's a really fun Kruger. one. It's so much fun. Just so many, so many little travisisms.
1: Yeah, real good. So let's go over to Mickey's discs. Yeah. So over in Mickey's discs for this episode, um, not too many tracks listed for this one. We've got "The History of Punctuation" by Paper Moon, "Only Dreaming" by Sterling, "This Heart of Mine" by the Red Hot Valentines, and "Love Is Blind" by Elise Besler. Um, I would say the history of punctuation is my favorite song from Mine this one. Mine too. This one. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: We did a whole big chat about Paper Moon not too long ago, but yeah, they're great. They're it's, very poppy. It's off-y.
1: been fun to like discover and rediscover music through doing this podcast. Oh because yeah. I mean, there are some bands that I learned about the first time that we watched this, like, when I was a kid. So, like, Mm -hmm. Reverie Sound Review and The Trues and The Pettit Project, like, things that I only knew through this show. Well, and it's funny,
0: those were bands that, except for Reverie Sound Review, that actually showed up on the show. So that's how you really knew about
1: them. Yeah, so, like, it was kind of, like, introductory, like, when we were kids but like tracks like this like the paper moon tracks or the knacker tracks you know those weren't things that i listened to outside of the show yeah but either i remember them really clearly or i just i'm hearing them now not remembering them and being like this is a really good song so it's it's fun to rewatch this and to pick up on this kind of niche music and especially this like niche canadian music that i wouldn't know about otherwise so it's really rewarding in that regard because it's always fun to find new music Yeah.
0: So if you also have become a bit of a fan of Paper Moon, you can find their stuff on CD Baby still, which is nice because for some of these artists, it is really hard to find their stuff still available. So check out Paper Moon on CD Baby.
1: Yeah, I'm having a great time listening to them
0: uh, through this pod. And that is episode 12
1: of our podcast and of Radio Free Roscoe. If you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram, or Pod Free
0: Roscoe on Twitter. You can also send us a note at Podcast at gmail.com. Or even better, if you want to send us a voice memo, share an RFR story, your thoughts, your comments, and we'll put you on the air. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe signing off. <laughs>